Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Rejoice. We need to be a happy people in the Lord. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now that word moderation, we know what that means. It's Baptist, don't we? <laughs> be moderate. <clears throat> well, let me tell you, it's not about alcohol for me. It's really about pecan pie. <laughs> or caramel pie. Now I know I'm starting to meddle a little bit now, but whatever it is, we're to be moderate in all things. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Preach tonight on perfect peace in the midst of a very, very, very perplexing world. Folks, we live in a day of cheap thrills, pet pills, crooked deals, unpaid bills, for many times you can't tell the Jackson with Jills. <laughs> we live in a day when the pseudo-intellectual scholar is more interested in how to wear his collar, what new scholar to follow, how to make another dollar, what new idea to swallow, than he is the sin in which men wallow. And that makes me want to shout, that's fool's gold. You need to come on over and get under the glory spout where the love comes out, where there'll be no doubt it's all about. And you find out, you want to shout. And that's what Jesus is all about. Amen. We all, this is being recorded. This is good. <laughs> and if you put you may have You may have heard the story of that bricklayer that went in and applied for a leave of absence. He went in and told his boss, he said, I need some time off. He said, you remember we just finished up a six-story building across town. When we got through, he said, we had a lot of bricks left on top of the building. His employer looked at him, he said, I can't give you any time off, too busy. He said, you don't understand, i got to have some time off to recover. He said, we had all those bricks on the sixth floor. He said, I rigged up a pulley, and I tied a rope to that pulley, and I, I pulled a barrel to the top of the building, and I tied the, the rope off down on the ground, and I went to the top of the building, and I put all the bricks in the barrel. He said, then I went back down on the ground and he said, I untied the rope. And he said, at that precise moment, I realized that the barrel of bricks weighed more than I did. And the barrel started down and I started up and we met halfway. Oh, and the barrel hit me on my left shin and I suffered a severe laceration. But he said, I didn't lose presence of mind. I held on to the rope for all it was worth. He said, the barrel continued down. I continued up until finally my fingers wedged in the pulley. Oh, he said, at that precise moment, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bricks knocked the bottom out of the barrel, depositing all of the bricks there on the ground, thereby making the barrel lighter than I was. And the barrel started up and I started down. And again, we met halfway, but he said, this time the barrel hit me on my right shoulder. He said, I, I suffered another severe laceration, but he said, I didn't lose presence of mind. I held on the rope for all it was worth. <laughs> He said, the barrel went up and I went down and finally I landed on that pile of jagged bricks where the barrel had deposited on the ground, bruising my body all over. He said, it was at that precise moment that I lost presence of mind and turned loose the rope. Oh no. And the barrel came down and hit me on the head. 
Now, folks, he didn't know whether he was up, down, on, off, going, or coming. He had a bad day. He had a low day. We've all had those low days where we could crawl under the belly of a snake with a top hat on. Amen? We've all had those bad days. But here in Philippians, it says, first of all, to worry about no thing. Now you say, preacher, that's easy for you to say standing up there in the pulpit to worry about no thing. You don't know what I'm going through now. You don't know the problems that I got. I remind you, I did not say those words. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, down in the old Mamertine dungeon in the midst of filth, bugs, human degradation. I mean, he's down there in the dungeon and he writes with chains on, worry about no thing. Be careful for nothing. Do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. Now let me give you three reasons why you shouldn't worry. First of all, worry is wasteful. You waste time when you worry. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to your stature? Which of you by taking thought can add one hair back to your head? Don't you dare look around at anybody tonight and get me in trouble. Don't do that. Ladies, which of you by taking thought can change one hair back to its natural color, whatever it was, three, four, five, six times ago, without the help of Miss Clairol? Yeah. We waste time when we worry about things like that. He said, do not worry. I heard about a man that was going bald. He had two hairs. Every night he would wrap tissue paper around those two hairs and pat it down on his head. One morning he woke up and took the tissue paper down and there were the two hairs. And with great exclamation he said, Oh no, I'm bald! Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have been a surprise. Had a few hints along the way, you know. Worry about no thing. Worry is wasteful. You waste time when you worry. Worry is harmful. Worry will do the same thing to your body that sand will do to machinery. It'll break it down. It'll destroy it. It'll tear it up inside. You may have heard the fable about pestilence. Pestilence was walking into a city and he met a man coming out of the city and the man asked him, he said, where are you going, pestilence? He said, oh, I'm going into the city to kill a thousand people. He said, okay, went on by. A week later, the man's walking back into the city and Pestilence coming out of the city and he's in Pestilence. Your arithmetic's all wrong. You told me you were going into the city to kill a thousand people and 10,000 people have died. And Pestilence looked at him and said, oh no, no, my arithmetic's not wrong. I went into the city and I killed 1,000 people and fear killed the other 9,000. Folks, worry is harmful to your body. Do not worry. worry. Be anxious for no thing. I think there should be someplace 12 foot chain link fence, three strands razor sharp barbed wire across the top pointing in where we can put all the worry warts in there together and confine them inside that 12-foot chain-link fence with a razor-sharp bar, put them in there together and just let them worry one another. Why worry me? Worry is harmful. Worry is sinful. This is not a suggestion. 
He didn't say, well, it would be good if you didn't worry about anything. No milk toast here. No. He didn't step around. He just said, do not worry. Not a suggestion, it's a command. Worry is the opposite of faith. I heard about one guy that just made himself sick worrying, and you probably know someone like that. Just worry, worry, worry all the time. He finally went to the doctor. The doctor examined him, and he said, you know, there's not one thing physically wrong with you. He said, your problem is that you're worrying too much. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you to a professional worrier. He said, okay. So he went to him. Now the next week at work, people looked at him, and I mean, he was changed. He had that spring in his step. He had that sweet note in his tone. He had a smile on his face. He wasn't worried about anything. And they looked at him and said, well, man, you've changed. What in the world's happened to you? He said, I went to the doctor. The doctor said there wasn't anything wrong with me. He sent me to a professional worrier. I go to him once a week now and tell him everything that I'm worried about, and he does my worrying for me. They said, well, that's great. said, what's it cost? He said, $1,000 a week. And they looked at him and they said, man, you're crazy. You don't make that kind of money. He said, I know it, but that's his worry. <laughs> Wouldn't it be good if there was somebody that, you know, we could just kind of get... I remind you that my Jesus said, cast all of your cares and burdens upon me because I care for you. There's not one thing, folks, that comes into our lives that takes our Jesus by surprise. Worry about no thing. Then he said, pray about everything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Pray about all things. Lady walked into Dr. G. Campbell Morgan's office one day, that great Methodist preacher, <laughs> And said, Dr. Morgan, do you really believe we should trouble God with the little things in our life? And he thought for a moment and he said, Madam, can you think of anything in your life that's big to God? Yeah. Sure. Think about that, folks. It may be big to Gary. It may be big to you. But again, there's not one thing that's big to our Heavenly Father. We're to take everything. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not what? <coughs> Carry everything to God in prayer. Everything. Pray about all things. The place of prayer is the place of power, the place of provision, the place of God's perfect peace. I met God in the morning when the day was at its best. Smooth sailing. But folks, when we fail to do that, so many times our lives become braille trails, bumpy paths. We need to pray about all things. Then he said, be thankful for everything. Not only go to the Father with, you know, just please, 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 like a Christmas list. Lord, I need this, 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 and this. But going to the Father and saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. 
Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how we need to thank God for that which He has done for us. Worry about no thing. Pray about everything. Be thankful for all things. I was reading a book one year. Theologically, Pastor, it was not sound. It was Praise the Lord Anyway was the title of it by Francis Hunter. But the thought of it was that in all things give thanks. And I was trying to put that into operation in my life. And I'm going to a luncheon to speak. And I'm driving along and I'm the type of person that usually gets there right on time. You won't find me there much early. I'm usually just right on time. And I was scheduled to be on time, but I didn't schedule flat. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, I had a flat. I just had to pull over the side of the road. It was just pouring down rain. And I'm sitting there beside the road in the car with the flat. And remember the book I've just read? Praise the Lord anyway. Thank God in all things. I sat there and I'm holding on that wheel and I said, Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Now he knew I didn't mean it. I just said it. I was being obedient. I was trying to, you know, say thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the rain. You know what happened? Most beautiful thing. Rain didn't stop, but it moved down the road. It just moved up the road. It quit raining where I was. Oh, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm sitting there and I said, Thank you, Lord, for the flat. Now, he really knew I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'd like to tell you that it aired up, but it didn't. No, I, didn't. <laughs> I had to get out and change it, but at least I didn't get wet changing it. Amen. And I got onto the, I, I got through there and got there in time that the singing was just getting through. I walked in. It was my time. Well, there you go. You know, you just, I was still on time for my part. <laughs> But we need to learn to praise the Lord in everything. And that's why two years later at a church where Joyce and I were, we'd been there for six weeks and I got a call that my dad was dying. We drove home, spent the night with him, and he went to be with the Lord the next day. Got a call three weeks after that and got, they said, your grandfather's dying. If you want to see him, you need to come home. We drove home, spent the night with him. The next morning, he went to be with the Lord. We went back, started a revival. Went through the revival there at our church for a week. Sunday night, getting ready to go home, celebrate our son's fifth birthday the next day. And we look up and we see our son dart out in front of a car and he's struck oh. and killed. Oh. That's why I could kneel beside my son in the emergency room and say, thank you, Lord, for the five beautiful years we had with Brad. You start with the small things before you're ever able to thank God for big tragedies in our life. Joyce and I had no idea what God was doing in our lives. We cried out, my God, why? We had three deacons in our church that lost children after we lost our son. And Corinthians says that you're able to comfort with the comfort wherein you have been comforted of God. And God gave us a ministry of comfort. Folks, we need to worry about no thing, pray about everything, be thankful for everything. And then he said, think on the best things. 
You are what you think. <laughs> you may not be what you think you are, but what you think you are. For the Bible declares, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Amen. Amen. Think on the best things. He said the things that are true and just and lovely, of good report, virtuous. He said, think on these best things. You say, preacher, I can't control my thoughts. Well, let's try. Let me suggest something to you and you don't think about a pink elephant. Whatever you do, don't you see a pink elephant? Don't you visualize a pink elephant? Whatever you do, don't you see a pink elephant up here on the platform? Don't see a pink elephant. Anybody that has not seen a pink elephant in their mind? Say, preacher, I can't do that. Yes, you can. God has so designed every one of us folks that we can only think one thought at a time. You may have to put chair, 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 pulpit, 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 Lord's table, Lord's table, Lord's table, Bible, Bible, Bible. Put another thought in your mind and that pink elephant cannot get into your mind. You can only think one thought. Two men looked through prison bars. One saw mud, and the other one saw stars. You make the call. You make the choice. Whether you think on worldly things or whether you think on heavenly things. He said, think on the best thing. Now folks, there's a lot of good things in this world we can think on. But he's saying think on the best thing. Worry about no thing. Pray about everything. Be thankful for all things. Think on the best thing. And here's the last thing. Don't you love it when the preacher gets to that part where he says, Finally, brethren. <laughs> they don't believe you here. <laughs> Aren't those just beautiful words? Finally. This is the last thing. He said, do the right thing. Look at verse 9. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now it's an old adage, but it's true. The best cure for worry in the world is W-O-R-K. If you are worried about something, get out of the rocker, get up, get busy, and go to work. Do the right thing. Jesus said, if you know these things, happier ye if you do them. Now I heard about, y'all got two football teams here in the state that did real good this year. Michigan won their bowl. Michigan State won their bowl. Oklahoma won their bowl. Oklahoma State won their bowl. Pretty good football year for me. Being down there and coming up here and just kind of spreading it all around. We had a boy down in Oklahoma. He was not real bright, football player. IQ just a little bit above a house plant. Not real sharp, but a good kid. And the coach liked him. He's about to graduate. Coach told him, he said, you know, he said, I want you to stay on here at the university and be one of my assistant coaches. And he said, what you'll do is, my assistant coach, you'll travel across the United States looking for football players to come play here at our university. 
I'd like to do that, Coach. He said, when you go out there and looking for these boys, you're going to find some. When you knock them down, they say, down. we don't want him, do we, Coach? He said, no, we don't want him. He said, but you're going to find some. When you knock them down, they get back up. When you knock them down, they say, we don't want him either, do we, Coach? He said, no. But he said, you're going to find some. When you knock them down, they get back up. When you knock them down, they get back up. When you knock them down, they get back up. When you knock them down, they get That's the one we want, isn't it, Coach? He said, no, I don't want him either. He said, I want you to find that one that keeps knocking them down. <laughs> yeah. And I say that to say this, that as Christians, it's time that we got off of the defense and we got on the offense and started going out and doing the things that God would have us doing the right thing. <coughs> now, what's the result? Worry about no thing, pray about everything, Think on the best things. Do the right thing. What's the result? Peace. Well, look there at verse 9. And the peace of God, I'm sorry, verse 7. And the peace of God will guard you. Keep, that word is keep. Put a garrison about. Put a wall of protection around. Now, folks, where I came from, there's a little bird that runs around on the ground. It's called Kildee. I don't know. Do y'all have them up here? Yeah. All right, good. Because this, this is a great illustration if you know what a Kildee is. And, and one day, I'm at the <clears throat> camp, and I'm driving the tractor. And I burned this field. We had stickers on it. There's a softball field. Now, you don't want to play softball where you got stickers. I'm sorry. That's just not fun. It was so bad, the kids were making up songs about it. It was terrible. They said, how about them stick getters ain't they neat? Getting them stickers in their feet. Getting them goat heads, getting them briars, picking them out, sticking picking pliers. How about them stick getters ain't they sassy? Getting them stickers from the grassy. It was terrible. <laughs> so I burned the field, and now I'm plowing. Now, I'm not a farmer. I don't know if you're supposed to start on the outside and come in or on the inside and go out. I don't know. But here's what I was doing. I started on the outside and I'm coming in. If I'm going to be going around in circles all day, I want my circle to be getting smaller. Amen. So I'm out there going around circles and all of a sudden, little Kildee bird runs out in front of the tractor, runs over here to the side. I just keep going around circles. I come back to that spot, she does it again. I come back around, she does it again. And I come back around a fourth time, did she do it again? No. She got down low, put out both wings, got down to guard, to protect, to keep those three precious eggs that meant so much to her. What did I do? Stop the tractor, got me a limb, put a white flag on it, put it about six foot, went out around it. Folks, our God, my Heavenly Father, loves the world far much more than that little Kildee bird loved her eggs. He loves you and me, everyone, so much that he willingly allowed his son to step down out of glory and come down to this world and live a sinless life and be taken to Calvary and hung between heaven and earth and his bloodshed as a covering for my sin. Put in the grave three days, but after that he raised him up with honor and glory. And he sits at the right hand of the Father tonight to make intercession for us.
the peace of God will guard you, protect you, and keep you. And then he said, the God of peace shall be with you. In verse 9. If you've got the God, the peace of God to guard you and the God of peace to guide you, what more do you need? Amen? See, the God of peace will guide you to the ones that need that cup of cold water. To those that need a cup of soup. To those that need the salvation of the Lord. Worry about no thing. Pray about everything. Be thankful for all things. Think on the best things. And let's go out tonight and do the right thing for the glory of God. Pastor. Amen. Thank you. Praise God.